All right. Uh, so let's get started. Um, all right. So before we uh, start, um, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Avinash Masi, and I'm a master's candidate for entertainment arts and engineering here in University of Utah. And I'm specializing in the technical artist track. All right. Uh, so you are saying that you are specializing in technical artist track. Um, so what is the role of a technical artist in this game industry? If you could uh, explain on that. Sure, sure. Um, so the role of technical artist actually covers a very wide area. Um, just to name a few, it could be optimization, rigging, uh, pipelining, VFX, shaders, and uh, it, or lighting. So, and there are more. Um, you know, this is these are a lot of technical terms that are like you know spe uh, specifically used in game industry or some of the entertainment industry. Uh, but, but basically, what technical artists do is to make sure that uh, the art and the engineering part of the game is they work in coherency. Um, so nowadays the game the game industry have been, have been evolved so much that it has been using very big technologies and the visuals have gone up as well. So sometimes and not sometimes like there are a lot of times in the game industry there are so many tasks that are too technical for artists to handle or too artistic to, for an engineer or gameplay programmers to handle. So that's where the technical artists come in. And they, technical artists are capable of using their artistic knowledge and you know, technical, uh, the engineering skill to achieve those tasks. And those, those are the parts where technical artists um, take on those tasks and uh, and provide something that is that would be possible for people from other you know other track domains right um yeah actually it's very true because uh, like i have seen like not many industries but in this game industry i have seen there are lots of lots of domains like technical artists uh, like the various kinds of programmers, engineers, various kinds of artists. So, like your job is to kind of like a, at a middle point of art and engineering. Like, so yeah. could you explain like what's a typical day goes for you? Like, do you uh, like what kind of stuff you are focusing on? Uh, like a typical day of a technical artist. Sure, sure. Um, so on a day-to-day -day life, I mean. And speaking from just like personal experience, I'll say a typical day looks a lot like interacting with the team. Um, since we have to work with both artist and engineer, the interaction is the key. A general technical for a general technical artist who takes on you know multiple roles, uh, he will he will spend a good chunk of his day to find out what tasks can be handled differently. You know what tasks can be take. Uh, can be taken away from artists or engineers and then uh, then be provided in, with a different solution. Uh, he's also expected to know on a day-to-day -day basis what is the current situation of the game is. So what technology is being used, uh, 
what the current uh, mechanics in the game so he can make his work around that a technical artist is always expected to solve the current problem and not create a new problem so that is one of the thing uh, when, and when it comes to specialized and uh, technical artists like people who are doing rigging or lighting or vfx uh, a typical day for them is to you know continue developing on it testing that thing and uh, and then showing it to the team and then you know keep working on it till it becomes something that uh, that you know looks like all the other thing in the game like starts to look coherent and then uh, complete so that's all the, that's most of the thing all right uh, so like it's it's really a hard like it's really hard for you like doing all these kinds of work like i know this stuff because i am really interested in art as well as engineering um, but mostly in graphics like i was really really interested in like blender and maya and uh, i tried to use uh, blender to make a game ready character and i failed so miserably uh, so final i would like to show you the my final product if you uh, if you like to see this um, let me show, let me just show you that uh, sure sure um, it's good like um, it would be good uh, to actually understand people who will be watching this and you know trying to find out about tech card that um, it's you won't get it right in the first time that is the thing it will take you some time to get it right and that's totally cool that is the learning process and that makes you strong in this uh so uh, this is the final render i have oh, made that's that's pretty good i'll say <laughs> yeah but you can see uh, this area there is a lots of uh, weight painting does wrong <laughs> and this is the like yeah, there's a lot of stuff yeah yeah that's because you you try to rig it and then you probably didn't knew you you had to put uh, extra loops there and stuff but i'll still say you you passed if it's your first character or even you know first of five i still say you passed yeah actually it's it's my absolute it's actually it's my first character uh, mm -hmm. it's not actually my first character my first character is uh, this okay you again you can see this low poly character right Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my first character. Um, so, no, I I cannot see your other character. This all is right. All, all, all right. Uh, let me just sh show you again. Where is this? All oh, all right. Okay, this is a low poly character I made first by using YouTube videos. So okay, this okay. is the character. This is the first one, and that's the second one. But there's a lots okay. of stuffs doing wrong in the other one. So uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I was doing. So uh, one of the thing I would like to ask you that you were saying that you have spent a lot of time like rigging, uh, like doing pipeline works and other. Like if you could explain in brief, like what's this rigging process? Was there weight painting process? In short, like if mm -hmm. the person is a newbie, he would understand like what is the importance of these things in the game industry. Okay. Um, so uh, just to make it clear, the the kind of rigging that I have done in the game, um, it was mostly uh, inanimate 
I mean, it, it was not character rigging. I have done a lot of uh, different asset rigging, like uh, most of the part were just doors and um, some of the movable uh, mechan mecha uh, machines. Uh, but I can tell you that it is very important. So some of the tricks that I'll, I can like tell you right now is whenever you try to rig something in a game, um, if it's not a character and if it's a machine, it's always good to have um, all the you know move, moving parts make it different you know don't don't try to combine it in the same body uh, they should have a different uh, they should have a different mesh so it's very easy for the for them to move and they do do not look like they are stretching uh, when it comes to uh, characters uh, that you are trying to rig the most important things is to understand loops uh, the edge loops and stuff so you have to make sure whatever things that's gonna go, uh, that's gonna bend, like you know your elbows that's gonna go straight and then bend. You have to make sure there are multiple loops here, so that when you bend it, they don't stretch a lot. And that is this that is something that you have to make sure uh, that all the move, all the um, all the parts that's gonna turn a lot, you know they should have uh, all these extra loops. If you are if you are trying to do facial animation, you have to rig your uh, mouth. You have to make sure that there are a lot of edges. So when you when you you know change your expressions, like mm, stuff like that, all those things should have additional uh, edge flows. Whereas right. things that gonna be static for most of the time, like your chest and uh, yeah your belly or your you know your whole back, that can have Less number of uh, less number of polygons, depending on, on if your character is shirtless or he's is wearing a shirt. So those are some of the things. Um, all right, all right. I guess I I I think right now I am understanding my mistakes what I have done on that character because uh, there is a lots of stuff that gone wrong. One of the thing is uh, edge loops and uh, doing that loop cuts, and I didn't actually understand that this kind of uh, like this area or this chin area or this mainly uh, this area does need a lot of loops and the main uh, stuff actually that done i've done wrong is that i have done horrible retopology uh, the like uh, the loop flow was so bad actually i used the blender or remake stuff and i didn't do it manually so it kind of do the lots of haphazard work so uh, coming to your point, like you do a lot of rigging and you do a lot of technical stuff. So like, I know you are an engineer, like you have done BTEC and after you have uh, worked in Forza Horizon 4 Death Team, like what drives you to be a technical artist? Um, I'll say it's different for different people and I have had this conversation with some of my friends and uh, you know, who's who's still studying to be a game uh, a game developer and some of them have gone to become some good game developers. Uh, it's different for different people. So for me, what it was when I started to make my first project in game, uh, I used Unity for that. And when I went inside Unity, the first thing I wanted was to see something in the world. Uh, and then I went on and started making things in Blender and uh, importing them in unity so i saw myself spending a lot of time in making 
you know creating the world instead of going and uh, so when i spoke with one of my friend who is in engineering when he opened up unity and started working on it all he did was place a cube and then started adding physics to it so for him the the mechanics drived him you know he wanted to go in and code there and make something he did not give um, he, he did not give much much attention to what he's looking at like the art or, or stuff but for me it came down to i wanted to look something in the world first and then i wanted to you know start developing on it uh, that showed that i have a good interest in arts game arts and i spent some time learning the game arts but when i was out of it i thought a lot of thing is manual and then i started to find out ways to optimize it uh, to make my work less by using some of the codes which already is you know supported by a lot of the softwares and engines and stuff um, and that's when i found out that i really like art but i also want to use my technical stuff to you know fast up that or add something that is uh, like that might take a lot of time manually so that's where i found out that i want to do the technical art instead of game engineering or pure art game art all right uh, that's that's a really great explanation uh, might uh, gives me the answer of my question why uh, like why you have choose uh, technical arts over game engineering the one of the questions i had in my mind uh, but the next obvious questions coming from your point is that like what's what's the typical difference between a tech art and and a game arts like what's the the basic difference like is there any difference or both are kind of connected with one another it is connected for sure it's connected but there's big difference between both of them uh, so before answering your question i'll say a lot of technical artists are like the people who were full time game artists at first uh, technical artist is something you can say that you know when people start to feel that um i want to know more like the go- game artist who thinks that i want to know more they are curious about hey what if i can do more than just art you know what if i can make my art uh you know do certain things that i don't have to do manually so when artist starts to think that i want to create a tree and then i want to make sure i want to make multiple version of it and then i i want to be the person who wants to make a transition so it is a smaller tree then it becomes a bigger tree then it becomes you know the full grown tree stuff like that when starts to happen with game artists they start to transition to you know some of the tech art part uh, so the tech art is someone who who tries to use the art and implement in in the game engine more than a static thing you know he's someone who who wants to make a building and then he want he also wants to make sure that the material on the building changes over different time so in a snowy weather he wants it to show snows around in, in the walls and stuff in a rainy weather he wants to make sure that there's some kind of reflection on the wall, uh, on the building and then um on summer he wants to make sure that there are uh, you know uh, it's very dry and then uh, things look like that in fall he he might want to 
show some leaves on top of it. So when when those curiosity starts to come in a game artist, he starts to become a tech. Yeah, he, he starts to transition to a technical artist. And the part that is you know more than art, where he he wants to make it dynamic, and then he wants to do much more than just you know a static thing in the game. That is what a technical artist is like, and that is also what like one or two section of the technical artist. There's more that's being done in technical artists. So, All right. Yeah. So like, uh, you are a game artist first, and you have this immense curiosity to do something more, and then you go forward with it and make all this stuff not static and uh, not purely uh, like, uh, like totally laborious because a uh, lots of game art stuff you have to do yourself. But tech art as a tech artist, you can uh, like kind of automate itself, uh, make a. Uh, create pipelines and uh, make great tools for other engineers and uh, people who work with that. So uh, that's, that's really uh, clearly, it clears my, expl uh, like it clears my idea about technical artists because one of my friends uh, is uh, hoping for going to like tech art field. And she was asking me like, uh, bro, what should I do? I don't know, bro, uh, I don't know. I will ask him and uh, I will get back to you. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for that explanation. Uh, so coming to the next question uh, that I had for you, uh, that is like, you are saying that you, you guys do a lot of stuff. Like you guys have done a lot of stuff, but what's the biggest challenge you face like daily? Like what is the biggest challenge you face as, as a technical artist? Um, I'll say, uh, it is always the software and technology. Um, a tech artist is expected to know all like and i'm not even kidding like a resume of a tech artist will contain you know 3d softwares and then language uh, and then a lot of engines and then some of the software that is very specific to technical art uh, so we have to know how to model we have to know how to uh, how to use game engine we have to know how to use c c++ C sharp uh, to make tools, Pythons, uh, and a lot of other technology. Then we are supposed to know Houdini also. I mean, a lot of artists also use Houdini, but then uh, if, if it's very uh, intensive in using Houdini and all, uh, a tech artist has to dedicate his time to uh, do that. Uh, so that is something we face every day, like, and we are expected to know everything that is latest. You know, if you are if you are in a project and you suggest something that is older, uh, that's that's like uh, no no. You have to know what's latest there. Like if you are if you are uh, suggesting a a solution that has also you know gone out of trend and there's something new that's in place of that, you should you should supposed to know that. So it's a lot of catching up with the technology and software, knowing what's the update that comes. You know so frequently like every software has has an update in two three months so you're supposed to know what those new features do so you can implement it in your work and make sure things are updated and faster than you know they are they were two months back so all right all right so like you guys have to know like lots of engineer stuff and lots of mm -hmm. art stuff like I am, I am like I don't have any words for you because you have like you are you guys do everything. 
everything like there's nothing i have even heard that you guys don't do so like uh, coming back to your point that how do you all manage it like don't you feel stressed about it like you have to do so much stuff and it's it's just coming from your curiosity and passion or you guys have to do something like you don't want to do but you have to i mean it's sometime that we have to do what we don't want to do but you'll see those things only when you are you know working in personal projects or you're working in very small team which is very less in manpower i'll say how we overcome so if you if you like obviously this will happen you know some years like couple of years after you have like break, break into the industry and doing good work at some place you have to always understand you are although you are supposed to know a lot of things you should not take on a lot of things that means if it's a game engineering task or gameplay programming task you you if if there are people to do it don't go in it you know just just ask just just let them do this even though if it's very heavy on work i mean again if it's a very small team it might come to you and you need to support them but if it's not that case don't do it don't stress yourself with doing things you're not supposed to do because you will find a lot of stuff that you can do you know always go like we always sit in you know all these uh, meetings and make sure that we know where we can contribute and we always try to take up some work from artist or engineer and achieve it in a way we can like we as a technical artist can by using all those engine features and all those you know uh, technical art knowledge uh, so those are some some ways that i personally think we uh, we can reduce the burden is to not take on unnecessary stuff if there are people to take on that it's good to support them in some way but yeah never stress yourself out to do like uh, to because because again you you want to learn and you want to grow as a technical artist you don't want to learn and grow as a game engineer or a game artist that will not that will not even help your resume not it it will uh i mean you won't see anything new coming from it because if if you are a good technical artist you already know how something is being done you know and you don't need to know more than uh that because that that just you know that just gives you kind of uh it does not help you as a technical artist it just gives because because if even if you try to get in some uh, very ex, uh, uh in a stuff that is not related to you uh it it becomes burdenous and then um if if another and and yeah something something to mention here is if you're not doing it right uh the game engineer or the artist will will be just you know kind of uh uh kind of sad because they have something different in mind and then you went in and did did it other way so yeah those are the thing that you can do always to uh, make sure that you are taking on good chunk of work that's yours and then doing it right uh is to make sure that you do your your part and then take take the work from other uh department and do it your way all right so like the answer is to be passionate about it and do your stuff and don't mm -hmm. interfere in like other stuff because you might end up screwing it and uh, the, the maybe you will have by by the in the process you kind of sabotage the whole the pro, whole project so that's kind of like the answer for me right 
Yeah, it's it's not that serious. I I was just saying that some of the you know, some of the effect you will end up creating is that, and that will also stress you, right? To actually yeah, take absolutely. on different, yeah. So that is what I was suggesting is to uh to make sure that you are not overwhelmed with all the all this work is to make sure you always uh stick to your work and even if you wanna take on some new task, make sure you do it in your level instead of you know doing in purely game programming or stuff like that and this is something you will only face on personal projects and small uh, team teams it will never happen once you are established or in a big big uh, industry all right like uh, yeah that's true like when i work on my like my i uh, i spend most of the time working on my small projects and learning stuff and uh, most lots of time i don't find anything like honestly i'm an engineer and i like to work on code stuff and uh, ma heavily on maths and like to do this stuff from scratch but there's lots of art stuff that i can't do like one thing i'm not really good at and uh, second thing i'm not really interested at so uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm, i can't do and i find lots of like difficulties for it that's because i'm a one person team and sometimes a small team but uh, like a big team, like you have worked on uh, Forza Horizon 4 team, like that, that's a that's a huge team. And Forza Horizon 4 is one of the uh, kind of a pivotal point of uh, racing games in all over game industry. So if you could uh, kind of share your experience on working on uh, Rockstar Games and working on Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. Um, so I I had a lot of fun working in uh, my company. It was pretty good. Uh, the culture was great there. Um, so when it comes to Forza Horizon 4, I spend like, I spent some time just helping out my fellow technical artists who was like, uh, who was, uh, who was like the main technical artist of Forza Horizon 4 project. And I spend uh, time helping him uh, do some of the tools in the 3D software they they are using, I cannot say the name, NDAs, you know. Uh, but yeah, I spend uh, some time helping him out uh, when artists ask for some of the tools they want to use, uh, which will help them in modeling and you know texturing and stuff. Uh, so we spend some time on those uh, 3D softwares and try to automate some of the presses for the artist. Um, and yeah, that that's most of the work I did in Forza Horizon 4. Yeah, like uh, I have, I have, like I have gone through your uh, like whole uh, website and uh, like portfolio stuff, and that was amazing. Like, uh, you are not really, uh, really very senior to me, I guess. We are kind of like a same old, I mean, a same age uh, group, I guess. But you have done a lot more stuff that I don't even imagine I I could do. So that was really inspiring for me because I, the moment uh, Karan told uh, me about you, I knew that I had to talk to this person because he had like so much experience. And honestly, I love talking to people. That's that's the, one of the main hobby I have. Like I, I love talking to people mainly on the serious stuff, mainly on the stuff that I love working on and you are one of the people. Uh, so thank you so much for explaining this journey. Uh, but there's a lot of other questions that I have uh, from 
what some some of the viewers maybe how small the number is but some of the viewers no. have made some questions for you so no. let's just go go through into that uh the person says that uh, okay uh, you have uh, worked on various games and simulation processes was the difference of them from a technical artist point of view oh um yeah i can easily boil down to two or three things uh first one will be accuracy you know uh so when i say accuracy a game is mostly about exaggeration i'll say uh you have to make everything fun so you take this you know real world concept maybe it's not real world concept but you exaggerate it basically you think about it and you exaggerate it and then place it in front of the users so there's a lot of room to you know fake it or you know uh, tackle it differently uh, a lot of it helps you in optimization optimizing it a lot because you don't have to use uh, so for distance things you don't have to use a, a mountain or you know a, a tree you can just place a plane and then add texture to it it will look good uh, but when it comes to simulation i have seen that uh, a lot of it comes down to accuracy so you have to be really accurate with your work that limits you a lot means you cannot fake a lot of thing something uh, um, if you have to show something it should be accurate and with simulation the data is always a lot um, in games we make our own world we can decide how many things we want to put in there what kind of environment we want to make and stuff like that although they are inspired from real world they are not real world it's, it's a yeah. game world but when it comes to simulation uh they expect to replicate thing and when it comes to uh, replicating something we we still don't have power to replicate the real world i mean obviously there are games uh like you know open world games like gta's and uh we have seen a lot of ubisoft games like uh uh post docs and stuff they do a lot a kind of replication from the real world but again those things are still uh those things are still you know doing it in a different way faking it so those buildings are just static mesh they don't have anything inside they are hollow and stuff like that yeah um, yeah so yeah it's 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 totally based on their creative freedom but uh like a simulation the stuffs are uh, really really technical and uh because you the final audience would know what the thing is and they would know the the faults in there and they actually have an opinion on that so yeah, yeah that's that's the kind of stuff you are telling telling about right sure sure that is something i'm telling about that you cannot exaggerate a lot in simulation you have to be uh, true to the source material and then replicate it as much as possible so yeah it becomes really hard to use a lot of tricks and you have to find out ways to replicate things and not kill your you know project with uh very heavy um additions all right so like uh there's it's a, it's kind of a personal question but which kind of stuff you like to work on like uh the game uh, stuff sure. or the simulation stuff which kind of stuff you like you do as a personal hobby project that you absolutely love to do um personal projects um i would really love to prototype things out uh, i mean uh, with you know i have used unreal engine for most of my uh, game development journey and i 
I understood the blueprint part of Unreal, which is like, you know, it's visual scripting. Uh, and I like to do a lot of prototyping and I always try to implement uh, VFX in there and a lot of, uh, lot of shaders in there and stuff like that. So I personally like to do a lot of prototyping stuff out and then hand it over to engineers because what I make is always heavy because visual scripting is not the ideal way to make uh, game mechanics. Uh, but I always like to prototype stuff out so to see, you know, in a very quick way, will it work, will it not work, what, what will happen um, if this is done this way or that way, and then hand it over to engineers to make it, uh, you know, much performant and then some of that part can also go to artists to, you know, hey, make this uh, manually or make this, take an artistic side on it and then do it. Uh, I also like to do a lot of tools and optimization. So I always like to uh, go in and make stuff uh, that can be, you know, a button thing. You know, if, if you have to do this thing that requires four or five tasks, I like to automate it. so. You can just go select what you want and click on it and it will do that four or five task in one go and then something like that. I also like to do that a lot. Like, uh, like that, that, that's, that's one of the questions I was meaning to ask you. Like, mm -hmm. like, honestly, how do you know what to do? Like, how, where do you learn all this stuff? Because uh, I would love to like do this, all the stuff. Like there are lots of stuff I would love to automate, but I don't know how to learn that. So where do you, learn how to do it um i'll say like uh the key to that is uh to do it first manually like tinkering around in game engines and softwares uh would be the best way to go about it so if you know how to do it manually you know all the steps involved you know all the things you can you know do right all the things that can go wrong uh and when you know how to do it manually, you'll be able to automate it because you'll know that after this step, this all things needs to be checked. If those are correct, you need to do the next step. And then when after that step, you have to again check if all those things are correct and then go to the next step. And that is how it is like it starts. And then when you understand the whole process and you have tried out different ways to do all the process, you will be able to find the optimal way to do it. And then you combine all those things and add all those checks and then you just add them into, you know, a small script that can be just, you know, accessed with a, with a button click and then you have your tool. All right. Uh, like that's like, it's kind of like do first yourself, uh, then trial and trial and yeah. error things out and then just write a script to do all the stuff. That's, that's yeah. really great. I would really love to uh, like work with that. And I saw that when you are working with uh, like overkills, uh, working that you have done a lot of stuff and that uh, to create tool creation and pipeline. So uh, if you could uh, like tell us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, overkills of working that is one of the projects that I worked on extensively. Like I have spent three months on doing QA, uh, that gives me a good, you know, idea of what the whole game is because I was looking through submissions and all, and I was checking all these things. Um, a lot of things that uh, I have done there is like, you know, making tools. So I'll go in their 3D software and then automate a lot of stuff. 
so there will be a lot of requests from artists and you know in their day-to-day -day life they will have to check after 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 they have made an asset an asset you know a model they have to check if the naming convention is right if they if all the translation is good if if they have made it the right size if they have made sure that uh so there are a lot of you know technical th uh, things even in modeling so you have to check for smoothing groups you have to check for normals and a lot of those things and to do those tasks they have to spend you know 25 to 30 minutes in all the asset because they have to go check the property see uh, if, if the property is not right, they have to go and um, use a tool or do it manually, like fix those things. So they will end up spending 25, 30 extra minute on asset after it is completed. So or we as a technical art, artist team in the company, we created this tool, we called it asset analyzer or quality uh, uh, analyzer. What it used to do is used to used to uh, focus on that object you have selected and check all, for all those anomalies, you know, and let you know if something is uh, not right. And if it is not right, you can click in that tool to fix it. That thing reduce their 25 to 30 minute work, uh, 30 minute downtime for every day or, you know, whenever they end, and uh, they have completed their project. Uh, and reduce it to like two or three minutes. It that tool was so fast and so productive that it increased the whole uh, production, uh, you know, speed. So artists were able to complete it and not spend any time in checking those things because that tool was doing for that. Uh, that is one thing, and then yeah, a lot of other things uh, in the engine as well, where like. So we were doing realistic game. You must have heard of this uh, uh, this thing called PBR. Yeah, absolutely. Physical based, uh, physics based rendering, I guess. Yeah. So we we were doing this uh, thing uh, in our game. Uh, the Overkill Walking Dead was using realistic thing. So there was a lot of tools inside even engines uh, that will let you check the PBR values in the scene that you're seeing. So if you find that out, you know, in engine, if you can find that out, you can directly select that object, edit it uh, to whatever means you want. But it was so easy to not open everything and see if it's right or wrong. You can see it directly in front of you in the game viewport that this thing is wrong, this thing is wrong, this thing is wrong. So it's, it's like you will be easily able to collect that needle from the heap, you know, by using those tools. Um, and that that increases your life quality so much, like it's like not even imaginable. Like thousands yeah, of it's, thousands it's, of it's, objects, it's, and you can find one. Like you guys have like made the production speed so like you have speeded up the product whole production so much. Like they have been able to do a lot more stuff than they were planning to do. So yeah. uh, that that's incredible. Like I was reading uh, all the development process. Like I am a huge, I am a huge uh, avid reader, and I uh, kind of like reading a book where uh, all the development cycles of like ten to twelve games, like Uncharted, for uh, Hello, Star, like Hello Wars, I guess uh, Star Wars, um, and then that was a game what Dragon Dragon Age Inquisition. Every time they were in the middle of something, a technical artist was doing 
their job right to make the production process so much easier for them and that's when the game started like booming that that's that's really incredible uh, so thank you so much for explaining that to us uh, i guess uh, we have uh, reached uh, through a uh, lots of questions we have uh, now uh, the final uh, and some questions is that uh, in this covid scenario does that affects your work process okay uh, i don't think it affects our tendency to work uh, we can still work uh, in like a full uh, full potential because you know it's always even even though it's like a team project it's always like you have to find your ways out and then do it um on your own it's it's also easy to connect with people like through online so uh, you know platforms uh, the only thing like again i might i don't know myself what i was saying in the first thing is like the uh, you know that that bonding you you have when you work with a team that is something that is missing yeah you you cannot meet with people personally every day and share yeah that and, people you know, buy bond that that is something uh, like that is something i really miss because i've been doing uh, this like uh, doing a lot of stuff in uh, like this scenario i'm uh, doing this podcast but one of the thing i had to do is that uh, which was very difficult for me i had to defer my ms to next year and i was really hoping that i could meet the team and work with them so i didn't wanted to lose that and that's why i uh, chose to defer and i i really wanted to have that full uh, like in person experience and i was really hoping that i could meet you guys uh, there and but uh, i guess uh, that was uh, kind of that was kind of not possible because by the time i will join you guys might have to uh, like you move to another city or something yeah. so i guess we will meet uh, so now the coming back to the questions um like final advices for some beginners how do you get started from tech artist to being a tech artist okay um i will i will really say to be a tech artist you have to go in this three softwares and engines tinker around uh see what they uh, provide uh, what they have um like going in 3d uh, software uh, making a small model or something not too complex and then try to open up that script editor and and script script something out try to do things through code same with engine go and use whatever basic things they have given and then try to use their scripting and stuff like that so with unity you'll do c sharp and with unreal you'll do visual scripting uh um really really use those free resources that there are you know use those free resources like engine and 3d software like brander and then and then that will that will really get you started in understanding both the art and uh, the technical thing that is being provided and then you will be able to find what you like and then you will be able to you know streamline that okay i want to get this that i want to get better at this so that is where you start go go in and tinker around things the free softwares and free resources that are available for game development all right so uh, one of my friends is asking for like uh, like as i told you uh, one of my friend is uh, trying to join as mm-hmm. a technical artist 
so uh, she was asking for what is the portfolio of a technical artist should look like like you have uh, worked in uh, like in this game industry in big projects uh, so what you would advise any beginners to do okay um i will i will say like even i have i have updated my portfolio previously it was a different portfolio so you have to really showcase your art like again it doesn't have to be tra traditional art it can be 3d models and again like as a beginner you are not expected to make you know a very high end uh, art you can just show your initial artwork like the art you showed like the character it's it totally works something like that works and then you also have to show some of the things that you are doing in tool so in my case what i had initially was one of my project from undergrad uh, i i made that game in unity with uh, like one or two friends uh, and i showed that game and that showed my technical part and then i had an art portfolio that i i have made a i have made a you know hard surface modeling and then a character model and then a and a a house scene so those showed some of my art um, you know knowledge and then the game showed my technical knowledge so i will say showing some of those and you don't have to stress a lot about you know getting a very good quality at the first keep doing it keep updating your portfolio if you get if you get a better uh, work next time add to it add it replace the old one and then also keep working on the game or the tools or add it uh, so some of those things will really help to show you know some knowledge in both part will be really good to uh, uh, break in as a technical artist yeah so uh, like uh, that's that, that's really great advice uh, actually uh, i am going to take that advice on my portfolio as well uh, i'm definitely going to take that um, and uh, one of the things i was thinking when when you we were talking I, I, one of the thing i was thinking like you must be into some kind of movie uh, like you you love movies right you love uh, like the characterizations and making characters making stuff making animated movies you like that too much right i like i like movies a lot yeah like uh, you know the very reason i started making this character because i wanted to make one of uh, like one of my animation animated movie and believe it or not i made one i made one animated short of like 6 seconds but it took me like 4 or 5 hours and i made one so if you are interested i will i will definitely try to show you that sure go ahead i mean yeah. i remember doing animation that was so janky at the first but yeah it was something you that that's what what i call like tinkering around you should go in and not be embarrassed to showcase it that, that's That's, there's that's a lots are. of camera mistakes down there because uh, lots of people said you should uh, focus this camera on this side and this side of oh, bro i am not i don't even know what i'm doing uh, until i yeah. done this so that's, uh, that's totally fine so uh, just let me show you this all right um where is this uh, yeah share screen and here it is uh you can see the screen scene right oh it looks good yeah yeah so this is kind right. of a, a harry potter spell casting like kind of thing and i was just seeing that harry potter stuff and i thought okay like maybe do this and i do this on uh, i clone and blender using mm -hmm. uh, so that's the kind of stuff i have done so much and i'm really really interested in animation 
but unfortunately i couldn't learn animation because there are not a lot of stuff learning uh, animation from youtube and most of them are from maya and maya is paid and you know we don't like to pay a lot of stuff yeah 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 um i'll say like people should inspire get inspiration from you that you are showcasing your work even though it's like you know first draft and uh, you know there are mistakes it's it's always good to uh, work on it even though you don't know about it and showcase it to people some people will criticize it but a lot of people whatever they say even if they are criticizing it or just you know uh, praising it they will say something good in in you know in those uh, conversation and then you can get better at it so it's it's really important to work do do something and then showcase it um and yeah uh, i'll say that i'll i'll say that go on and try to find more stuff in youtube because i'll say there is a lot of stuff in youtube uh it is so uh it's so like it's kind of funny that when i started my uh, you know when i started working in my like when i knew that i want to go in this and then i wanted i tried to find resources and initially my youtube searches did not showed me anything it's 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 after a while that you have you keep searching for a lot of thing and then you start to see a lot of thing that is the thing so you have to you have to be really keen with your you know searches because youtube algorithm adapts to what you search and then once you have you know been persistent for a long time it will start showing you it is also good to ask people for resources so you can ask me for some resources i i might be able to find more links uh just because i have been searching in youtube all this game development uh, process and stuff for a long time but i'll say this 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 is something that i found that initial months of my you know learning process i was not able to find anything but then i started finding out gdc talks and then uh then i started finding out a lot of unreal talks and then i also found out a lot of blender talks that showed rigging and animation and then after a time after a point of time i thought there is nothing that our youtube does not have obviously there are some of the minute things that youtube does not tell you or someone has not made a video about it you can always try to find out blogs about it so people also write about it instead of you know putting it in youtube people write about it explain it with text and uh, uh, images but i will say there is a lot of lot of resources out there you just have to hit it right like you have to find that uh, thing it, it takes some time but you will find it so keep searching the persistence is the key yeah uh, and one of the thing i would like to add with your uh, advice is that it really helps you understand what you like and what you don't like and uh, while i was making this animation i felt so alive and when i was making this character at first i was really interested because i made the whole uh, like the sketch like the modeling sheet and i was sculpting out a uh, like a uh, box modeling uh, the kind of stuff and that's uh, and the part when i went to topology and other like texturing uv maps and uh, like normal map stuff i really lost lost my interest and i thought okay this is the first time and this is probably the last time i'm doing because there are there are much better people who are much interested in this stuff will help me do uh, help me so uh, okay so that's the kind of stuff i thought about so like uh, we will end with a last question is that sure. any advice you will give any 
uh, game dev beginners like if you were starting if you were starting right now what we will do right now uh, like right knowing now. all the mistakes you have done what we will do right now um right now what i'll do is um first of all i'll um if you are any a gamer and then you are coming into game development i mean i can say 90 95% of people who wants to do game development are gamers like there are only like less like slow uh, less amount of people who are not a gamer and then want to do a game development so obviously you are a gamer first of the thing to start is to really really understand that game development is different from gaming you know there are a lot of process uh, steps involved and then you have to change your mindset that you are going into something that is that is going to make something cool but you have to spend a lot of time and the patience pay, being patient is one of the thing in game industry you will not see anything on your first day so first of the thing that i'll say is to prepare yourself for those things that it's a long process and it's it's something that you have to do with very care and uh, love and then you have to be passionate about it passion is is the main thing that drives game developer so that is something as the first step the second step will be a lot of the things that i said uh, said about tech, starting as a technical artist is you have to go in and start making something if you are an artist start making something in those free uh, free software like blender make something iterate on it make it better mm. If you are a game engineer, take out, take on Unity or uh, Unreal. Make something. Make anything. Make a small thing. Make a make a box drop from a height. Make a make a collision uh, thing. Uh, make make something. Uh, that will tell you so much because while you will be making that one thing, you will learn so much. And that is what I'll say. Start doing those things. once you have understand once you have found the passion once you have overcome all the obstacles of doing that one thing or you know doing it multiple times once you have been through that then you can decide on if you want to continue on this journey if you want to look if you want yourself if you want to see yourself doing these things more uh you know with more i'll say once you start doing this you also start feeling cool about it you 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 feel like uh you feel so good about doing all these things so you have to see you have to foresee yourself at the beginning do you want to become that kind of person that are doing these things with all those you know knowledge and then feeling still feeling cool about it and then being patient that is one of the thing like training yourself to understand the game development process and then going in and then finding that persistentness and then passion is the main thing to start as a game uh, developer and then after that you can you can always like go ahead and make a portfolio and start applying and then and then it's it's a lot of it will take some time because this is a very competitive uh, space it will take some time but if you have been through that initial you know molding yourself and changing your perspective about it you will you will stay here for a while and then i'll also suggest people to keep doing something they are already doing if they are doing a job if they are doing if they are already doing something keep doing it and then start to uh, take your time extra time and pursue this because that will not that will not uh, you know 
that will not make them regret if they are you know waiting for uh, it to break into industry and stuff because this is so competitive that i do not advise people to uh, leave what they are doing currently and then go into this because struggle is a part of uh, you know being a game developer uh, before you get into industry so i really encourage people to keep doing what they are doing and then uh, do this on the side because that initial struggle is the thing that will make you successful uh, coming uh, in the future time and then there are people like me who got like good uh, opportunity at the beginning and then they, they were able to break into the industry but it might not be the story with everyone so even now when people ask me what i should do i tell them to keep doing what they are doing and then find it, fi find extra time to do this and then really understand uh, the process and understand uh, because the initial year really really uh, trains you to go for another 30 35 years of your life yeah, yeah that, that that's really really true like uh, i will i am i am just going to share my story uh, is mm -hmm. that um, in 2017 uh, i had uh, like i had kind of a hit a bump uh, like i didn't know what to do and i didn't know what kind of direction i would go because in india uh, if you are doing engineering either you have to take a job or you are going to higher studies there is not not a lot of other options uh, but i was kind of like a, i was really uh, a really uh, like kind of a research and development kind of like kind of person but at the same time i'm kind of a entrepreneurial and i kind of uh, made my first company and uh, i had investors i got investments for uh, like indian government and all and then i stopped and doing this game development stuff so uh, this is the first this is the only thing that give me peace about doing something mm -hmm. that okay i am doing something for myself not 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 for like obviously for others but i'm doing something for myself and i'm happy about it and i'm feeling first time in long time i'm feeling i am really cool and when i tell people i make games they're like really you are you make games what kind of games this kind of stuff uh, helped me uh, choosing to go for a masters uh, in one of the premier institute in the whole world uh, so and uh, I am really inspired with the people like you and uh, like Karan and Vishal who have uh, have talked with and interacted with. They have inspired me so much of doing things. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, but still, thank you, thank you so much for inspiring all of us welcome, and giving uh, giving your uh, values uh, in this uh, episode. Uh, thanks for coming to Tyrant Podcast, and I hope uh, we'll see each other in Utah. Sure, I hope so too, man. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you too.